4: Vegas and Denver. It is V betting across America, Adam Candy and James Salinas with Britain Hess behind the glass getting you ready for Sunday, not only here in America, but of course, across the Pacific Ocean as well. Some updates from Tokyo and the Olympics where the U.S. men's basketball team. Oh my, is not a good start for Kevin Durant and company over in Tokyo as they lose their opener. James, we're going to get to that in just a moment, but there are a number of Major League Baseball games that we'll see first pitch here in the next few minutes. You and I have some plays in the early games. Uh, Let's start with yours with the Nationals and the Orioles. John Means against Paolo Espino. Means in his second start off the disabled list for the Baltimore Orioles. That is a key fact to know for the wager that you would like to make on this game
2: absolutely and I think this is where it is he's there he's their ace going forward young pitcher there that they want to take care of he's been he was on the injured list for nearly six weeks with shoulder soreness arm soreness shoulder strain and it's been stated publicly by manager Brandon Hyde for the Orioles saying look we're going to take our time with him we are not going to push him out there he pitched five innings in his first start earlier this past week did not pitch very well either and to be expected when you have such a long layoff only through 78 pitches in that matchup and i think that's the piece he's just not going to stretch him out there's no reason to the orioles aren't going anywhere this is their pitcher going forward for the future there's no reason to try to risk it here and stretch him out today already publicly stated here his out total as far as his pitcher prop goes is sitting at 16 and a half it was juiced to the over that means he's got to get into the sixth inning i don't think they're going to let him get into the sixth inning number one he's still got to get some player he's got to get that lineup out for the nationals but the other side too is more so why i'm betting i'm betting the under six and a half outs. Laid a dollar ten on it. A four means not that he's not capable of doing it, but I don't think the manager's going to allow it today.
4: Understand exactly where you're coming from, uh, as John means twenty-eight years old, one of the only really shining pieces that that Baltimore team has to try to build around and nothing going on this season for the Orioles staying within the American League East Red Sox and the Yankees. It'll be Domingo Hermann visiting Martin Perez Red Sox minus 140 favorites after blowing a three nothing lead in the eighth inning yesterday to the Yankees. The Yankees winning their first game at Fenway Park this season total of 10 and a half. And that's what drew my attention Uh, I watch a lot of New York Yankees baseball, probably more than my health uh, should be able to sustain the way this season has gone for the Yankees. James, Uh, the Yankees are not a good hitting team. Uh, They have put up a few runs in this series. However, The Boston Red Sox, for all of their great hitting that they have had on the year, have really struggled against this Yankees team over the last six games they've played. Three at Yankee Stadium last week, three at Fenway Park thus far this week. And the Red Sox have not been putting runs on the board. Ten and a half is a healthy total. The kind of total you generally only see when you're dealing with a Blue Jays game Maybe in Buffalo, in Dunedin, or the Colorado Rockies. Uh, Ten and a half, a little too much for me. I played the under on this one between the Yankees and the Red Sox. Uh, James, you have one more on the early card as well with the Rays and the Indians
2: real quick was speaking with the Yankees when we talked about that on the pregame show I was looking at here it was sitting at 11 so I went in I wanted to do the first five so I bet the first five I did get it at six and a half I paid a quarter for it but I'm six and a half under first five in that Yankee game as well laid a dollar quarter so uh yeah other game that I'm looking at here and I'm trying to find the prop here because I want to get involved we have Tristan McKenzie on the mound and Tristan McKenzie has always been a bet against here seems like he's on a, pretty often on these Sundays when we do these shows and I was looking for player props, and that's where I wanted to go. I didn't want to play the price. I like the Oriole or the, the Rays in this matchup, but it's too high now. The juice, I missed it. It was $1. Six, or $1.75 now, but as far as G-Man Choi is concerned, I think he's really been the beneficiary of having Nelson Cruz in the lineup. Nelson Cruz is hitting in the three-hole. Choi's been in the two-hole for these first two games with Cruz on a, as a Tampa Bay Ray, and he has lit it up. He is five for ten, is G-Man Choi, and hitting the ball slugging the ball, two doubles, two home runs in, in, out of that five out of 10. I'm looking right now as we're trying to get through this here, I will find that prop here in just a second. We're going to go G man Choi over his hits today.
4: Yeah. And I want to come back to this game here in just a moment. It is betting across America from VEASAN and VEASAN.com. We appreciate you being here on your Sunday, Adam Candy and James Salinas from Las Vegas and Denver. As we not only talk about what's happening behind the counter in Nevada, but as legal sports betting spreads across the United States, Colorado and other places, are there differences in the lines? Are there opportunities? And we're talking about the Tampa Bay Rays and the Cleveland Indians one Note to update from this game, Mil Reyes scratched with back tightness for the Cleveland Indians. He's only been back for a couple of weeks for Cleveland uh, from dealing with injury issues over the past month before that. And he has been quite effective guy hitting a home run once every 12 at bats. That is in the top six in Major League Baseball for Mil Reyes. Uh, James, I know you're looking for that G-Man Choi prop. It's been a struggle to find that one.
2: I just found it, and I just got it in, squeaking it in here before uh, with a few minutes to go here. So it was, I took him with the total bases. It's over one and a half total bases. It's plus 105 for G-Man Choi. And I just think that's where, where he's sitting in the two-hole, and that's where he is again with Nelson Cruz hitting third. We talked about Tristan McKenzie. His big struggles have been that he has struggled to locate fastballs and getting it over the plate, walks a lot of batters, and that's why he was sent down. Really, he's just been recalled these last couple weeks because of all the injuries that, we, that have been sustained over these last, really, the last two months for that Indian starting rotation. So it is here. I did find G-Man Choi t- taking advantage of getting some fatties to hit with Nelson Cruz sitting behind him there in the three-hole. Uh, the way that he's swinging the bat right now, I'm sure he's very happy that trade happened. So over 1.5 total bases plus 105 for G-Man Choi today against the Indians.
4: James Salinas on your Sunday morning swinging at the fatties. This will be a big Sunday early card for the New York teams on both sides. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays at the Mets as the Mets try to extend their lead in the National League East. Uh, A lot of books have this up at nine and a half off the board here at the South Point. Stripling and Rich Hill making his first start for the Mets after coming over in a trade from Tampa Bay. Uh, Rich Hill has been somewhat affected by the Crackdown on sticky substances for pitchers. So when we look at what's happening here with the uh, New York Mets and Rich Hill, the numbers for the spin rate are down. He's still getting good break on that curveball. But for Rich Hill, I will go ahead and say that the total on this game is a little bit low between him and the Toronto Blue Jays. Nine and a half is the total in this one. Ross Stripling gave up six earned in a third of an inning last time out for the Toronto Blue Jays. So lots of Major League Baseball getting started right now. If there are live betting opportunities, we'll update you on those coming up here as the show continues for the next couple of hours. In Tokyo, with the Olympics getting started, lots of questions around the Olympic men's basketball team for the United States and... Those started with a couple of losses in warm-up play right here in Las Vegas, and James, nothing will quiet in terms of those questions about U.S. men's team after they lose 83-76 to the French team. Uh, you got a pretty juicy number on France, and obviously they win outright as big dog, cashing in some places as big as 550 on the money line. Uh, We talked about the bet earlier that you made on the French, but what do you make of this U.S. men's team going forward here from a spot in which uh, they have done nothing to quiet the concerns that people had for them?
2: Basketball's a team sport. It's five guys out there. There's only one basketball, and when you have a great collection of talent now, this is not the best talent, I think, that, that the United States could send over there. Folks opting out, we saw Bradley Beal get, He was shipped out due to COVID. So some changes on the roster too and and some late additions. And that makes it difficult as well. You've got three players that were just hanging out in Milwaukee a few days ago, still playing basketball that just got to Tokyo. Going to take them some time just to get their body clocks right and now get out there and have to step out and compete at the international play. And I think that's the other piece of it too. We know basketball is a team sport. Guys got to have chemistry out on the court, getting used to playing with each other out on certain spaces. But with the international game, the way that it's structured, there's no defensive three seconds, so guys can sit in the paint. They can clog up the middle. You got Rudy Gobert who was there for the French. You can goaltend all you want. It's like being a kid playing at that Nerf hoops, and I'm just going to sit there and bat everything down. You could have Gobert just patrolling the rim, so you're not going to get a whole lot of the attack in the basket either, but the other piece, too, it's a shorter game. It's 40 minutes as opposed to 48 in the NBA, and sometimes these guys, their clocks take a little while before they get after it and get started, and I think that was the case here, because the thing that the USA is going to get, they're going to get every every opponent that they're going to face in the olympics they're going to get their best shot here and these are teams that have been playing together for a while and a team like france there's plenty of nba talent on that roster and they perform very well today and i think for the for the usa team it's going to take some time just to get familiar and used to playing with each other out there on the court and not a lot of time to do it so will they get better absolutely i don't know if there's Big concern for them to be able to medal here and win the gold medal. Uh, But it's going to take some time because the last piece here with those international rules, it's more of a physical game. And I think, Adam, we've seen – we see how these players are in the NBA. Uh, any little touch to them, uh, I can name a couple of them. That Thinking of one there that's coming over from Milwaukee, uh, Mr. Booker, who doesn't like to play through contact. Well, he's going to get some contact in international play in these Olympics. Going to have to play through it, get used to it, because you're not going to get a lot of favorable calls in this Olympic round.
4: From basketball to the gridiron, where we have college football in just about a month, James Salinas Uh, there are lots of questions to be had behind Clemson in the ACC now there are a couple of teams that people are going to be high on we'll talk about them in a minute over in the coastal division but in the ACC Atlantic which of these teams would you say is the most likely to be a disappointment Um, Clemson is naturally an enormous favorite to win its division. Uh, You are laying $20 to win one on the Tigers. Behind them, it is a whole lot of meh from my perspective. Uh, Boston College, Louisville, Wake Forest, NC State, Florida State, and Syracuse. Uh, Not a lot of expectations for any of those teams that I just mentioned, James, but are there any that you think might even sink under those level of outlooks that people have for them? I, I
2: just it's so maybe under. I can't find one that's going to be able to step up there and compete against Clemson. I think Clemson, their the, Clemson's toughest game on their schedule is going to be Week One playing Georgia in the neutral site game, where they're a four-point favorite right now. I think that's their toughest get, toughest game going forward. It's just the ACC, especially within their their division. There, I I can't find anybody. I wanna. It's nothing juicy here. I can't make a case for any of these teams here to really step up. You, you think about we think. About about Florida State and I guess if there's one that you have that you can think all right well they might have an opportunity maybe not to knock off Clemson but to compete in within that division but that's only because they have only one way to go and that's up because you couldn't get any worse than what we saw out of the Florida State Seminoles last year especially early in the season Yeah, towards the latter part of the season I think we saw a little bit of improvement but yeah nowhere else to go but up for Florida State
4: In terms of disappointments, it all is a matter of where you set your expectations within this division. If you look at Louisville and think that maybe Malik Cunningham takes a step forward, then you might be set up for a disappointment. If you think Dracovic is going to be enough to fix this uh, Boston College offense, then you also might be set up for a disappointment. Same with Mackenzie Milton uh, at Florida State. It could be great, but coming off catastrophic injury, can he... Uh, coming out of that UCF points factory, do anything at Florida State? We shall find out. On the coastal side, now we have some fun to talk about, James. The Miami Hurricanes and the North Carolina Tar Heels basically sitting at the same number, plus 130 to win the coastal. You're looking at Virginia Tech at plus 850, Pitt at 10 to 1, UVA at 12 to 1. James, I love what North Carolina is going to be rolling out there this year. Obviously, a lot of certainty with what you get from Sam Howell, if you believe what you saw later in the year. Uh, not as much certainty with Derek King coming back for Miami. We know how good he is, but that ACL injury quite significant that he suffered toward the end of last year and going to be one of those situations where for a guy who is a dual threat quarterback, got to see what he can do. Do you have any strong feelings between Miami and North Carolina?
2: I'll take my I'll take North Carolina. I think you t- you mentioned there with Miami with Derek King. I mean, he got hurt in the bowl game. So his surgery was – we're seven months removed from his surgery. He had surgery in January of this year. Just can't imagine that he's going to be able to come back and be out there and be ready to go and compete even at some point in this season. I don't know if he'll even be able to come back this season. Unfortunate situation for him. You see this all the time with guys wanting to opt out. Well, he opted in. He said, I'm going to come back for another year there at Miami and then gets hurt in the bowl game. And that's kind of the, the risk that you run. So unfortunate situation for him for De'Ara King, and I think not only for De'Ara King, they lost some talent on that defensive side. Their pass rushers, their edge rushers, getting after the quarterback, those guys are all playing and getting paid in the NFL this season, so lost a lot of talent on the defensive side to the draft, and then, here you go, Miami, you get to open up. Well, no cupcakes on the schedule for Miami to open up the season. You get to start the season, neutral site game, against defending champion Alabama. So it only gets tougher from there. You're going to have to get Alabama and then lick your wounds from there. And then the game after that, they're going to play App State. App State, that's the biggest name on their schedule, are the Miami Hurricanes. And we know defensively, App State can keep you and be competitive. Tough way to open the season for the Miami Hurricanes. Then they're also going to have tough road games you're going to play at North Carolina North Carolina to me is going to be uh, the better team between the two you're playing games at North Carolina games at Pitt and you also for whatever it's worth with the the rivalry game down there in Tallahassee you're going to have to go on the road to go face Florida State as well so really tough schedule for the Hurricanes I can't see the kind of season that we saw last year happening this year I think we're going to see some pretty significant regression from Miami
4: we had Chris Felica from ESPN on Primetime Action earlier this week, and he made a really interesting point about that North Carolina team, saying, All right, so North Carolina at plus 130 to win the Coastal, eight or nine to one to win the ACC, depending on where you see it. Uh, Sam Howell's 10 to one to win the Heisman. If you believe that. North Carolina is going to be that good. They're going to be that good because of Sam. Howe. you just talked about the issues when it comes to Miami replacing talent on the defensive side. Well, everywhere around Derek King, Miami is extremely talented on the offensive side, for North Carolina, that's where the questions are. You lose your top two running backs. You lose some of your receiving threats as well. Uh, do they have the talent to continue to perform for Sam How I think they do. I think North Carolina is the pick uh, in this division. I think they're a reasonable dark horse in the ACC. No, they're not at the level of Clemson, but these odds are appropriately priced for talking about who might be someone who could make a run in the ACC. Uh, we just talked a little bit about the sec and georgia well this georgia team is a prohibitive favorite on its side in the sec east james uh land four dollars to win one with georgia and then florida at plus 450 i'm not going to worry about anybody lower than that here right now let me ask you this do you think there is this big of a gap between georgia and florida I think so.
2: I think Georgia is. Think about what was lost, especially on the offensive side, for the Florida Gators. You're going to definitely see some regression and from offensively from Florida this year. And now you're going to go out and try to get through that division. I mean, the division is – I think Kentucky will be, be – They'll be competitive on the defensive side. They can't move the football. I definitely struggled last year with any consistency moving the football. The Tigers should be better defensively as well, but offensively are going to be the challenges. I can't go any further down between uh, within the Eastern Division of the Southeast Conference. It's To me, it's Georgia, but Georgia, top to bottom, that roster, I mean, a lot of optimism coming in, solidified the quarterback position there with Daniels, and what is it going to look like for Florida on that side? I mean, it's a massive price. You're talking about $4 I typically don't don't lay those that kind of number but i can't make a case to say i would want to take a dog whether it's florida or anybody else but in this case here florida coming in second nothing nothing uh, i can't get anything juicy here either i mean it feels like it's just the haves and the have-nots and within college football and even within this southeastern conference east division yeah give me the bulldogs even though it's a huge price
4: I'll lay off it entirely because I don't really trust JT Daniels enough yet to say that I believe Georgia is this far ahead of the pack. And when it comes to Florida, look, do you buy what you saw late in the year from Emory Jones? Uh, I do, but as you mentioned... Pitts, Tony, Trask. That's a lot uh, to have to replace. I think Dan Mullen can get the job done with this team. That said, uh, I don't see anything that is worth putting money on here. On the other side, of course, it's the Alabama Invitational, as always. Uh, Alabama minus 450. You got A&M at 6-1. to one, LSU at 11-1. to one. Auburn will miss both at 16. So with Alabama, James, uh, I'll ask you the same question that I asked you about Georgia on the other side. Is the gap appropriate here in terms of the odds between Bama, A&M, and maybe even LSU?
2: I think so. I mean, that if there's one team that is absolutely just reload and it's a constant feeder system to the NFL, it's Alabama. Just night and day from the talent standpoint with Texas A&M. They lost some talent to the NFL too, namely their quarterback, Kellen Mond, he's gone. So for A&M, it's the production's going to fall. They've got a healthy stable of running backs pretty deep back there. They're going to have to run the football starting with Isaiah Spiller. Uh, that's going to keep them competitive within games. But when you're talking about playing against alabama and being able to to compete and knock off alabama within that side within the conference to begin with within that division for sure i just i can't make a k i just can't get there it's it's just uh, i think for thinking about lsu there's another team that has nowhere else to go but up. I think the expectations coming in were too lofty considering their championship run that they did two years ago. Great run that they had, tons of talent on that team. There's a lot of talent on that team, LSU too, but they were gonna they were gonna be very green and took a lot of took a lot of lumps if anything it might be lsu that's going to be the team that's going to be competing uh w- with there as opposed to texas AM. and i think it's offensively going to be a struggle especially early in the season for for the aggies
4: james i'm 100 with you i think lsu is being undersold uh in the preseason here best cornerback duo in college football I think you look at the progress they are bound to make in the post Bo era here with the defense and I think LSU is going to be right back in the discussion uh, near the top 10-15 in college football this year when we come back plenty more from college football major league baseball we will have it all on betting across America from VESA
5: Hey, Sarah, I'd love that spring break vlog
2: you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented
1: <laughs> <laughs> With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See Lisa.com for more details.
5: Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget.
4: With football season just around the corner, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. 4700 Vison's Betting Across America comes to you from Las Vegas and Denver. In Denver is James Salinas. I'm here at the South Point Sportsbook in Las Vegas. I'm Adam Candy. We look ahead not only to college football, James, but to pro football as well. And I'm glad that we have this game on our rundown for today because I find it one of the more fascinating games of week one in the National Football League as we look at Monday Night Football. It'll be the first game at Allegiant Stadium down the street with 65,000 fans in the seats. Of course, they opened that stadium last year with no fans during COVID. Baltimore Ravens will visit. They are four and a half point favorites against the Raiders with a total of 51. Look, I'm as down on the Raiders as anyone you'll find, James. And yet I still find this to be a relatively tricky game to handicap. Uh, What do you think about the Ravens and the Raiders here as we sit in late July?
2: i agree i don't like the numbers sitting there at four and a half on the road you talked about it's going to be the first game at with fans in the stands there although i guess that's what's going to be interesting to see yeah you'll have full capacity there at allegiance stadium but who who is when you're talking about the fans in there who's actually going to have the allegiance to which team There's no. I mean, what is the fan base like out there for the home team now for the Las Vegas Raiders? I think you're going to get a lot of folks traveling each and every week coming into what what better destination to go on the road with your team as a fan to want to go watch in person than to come for a trip to Las Vegas. Uh, But that aside, as far as the advantage goes, I just don't know how much advantage there'll be with fans in the stands for the Raiders. I think the big disadvantage for the Raiders is still defensively what are we going to see? Are we going to see any kind of improvement? Do they have done anything to improve themselves, especially on the back end when we're talking about the secondary? I mean, that secondary just – it was toast each and every week, just a, – a, didn't tackle. Uh, They couldn't tackle. They couldn't cover. Just a struggle all season long for the Raiders, and the lack of a pass rush didn't help either for that secondary for Oakland. And I think maybe, I guess, maybe I've offensively thinking you've got a lot of transition with the offensive line. Is this the line now that they really want to, they got some more depth at the running back position? We know Jacobs. Jacobs is one player that really liked Jacobs running the football for the Raiders. Maybe we're going to see more of an identity of running the football there with the Raiders. We know what the Ravens like to do running the football so if we're seeing less passes more high percentage passes as well and a lot more running maybe that's where we're going to have a fast clock and even though I don't like the Raiders defense at all the bigger struggles are going to be on the back end against the pass so not sure about the side laying four and a half at them, but as far as the total early in the season it's sitting at 51 and a half is what I see out here in Colorado I'd be looking probably to play the under
4: The quietest it's kept about the Raiders is the offense actually was pretty good last year. Uh, Top half of the league in terms of DVOA. And the questions now come down to that offensive line and the rebuild that they did there. Uh, Derek Carr still doesn't have any significant weapons on the outside. He has Darren Waller. And then there's just a large amount of finger crossing going on on Henry Ruggs being better in year two than he was in year one for the Raiders. But as you mentioned, defensively, It's just a disaster for this Raiders team. They did not significantly upgrade this offseason. Yes, they draft Trayvon Murray and hope that he'll help solidify them at the safety position, but they're still going to run Jonathan Abram and his complete lack of coverage out there. Um, They add Yannick Ngakwe. If you look at Yannick Ngakwe's history as a pass rusher, he does a lot better with help. Uh, And I don't consider Max Crosby to be serious help for him on the Ravens side of things. uh, Look, this offense, as you mentioned, James, is going to run the ball. I think they're going to be able to break some big plays against the Raiders Uh, the question for the Raiders is going to be do they choose to run the ball do they choose to throw the ball that's why I'll stay off it my lean in just in terms of looking at this game is over but as you mentioned James the way the clock might run this game I have to stay off it entirely because uh, they might not have enough time for these offenses to get all the way up and over a big number like 51 of course think about the unders we saw early in the season last year in the NFL before things started to normalize just a little bit Oh, love talking about NFL week one. It's not all that far away. Keep uh, fingers crossed for good health and great games as we get started right after Labor Day in the league. When we come back, plenty more talk from across the Major League Baseball, college football. Oh, my God, are we already talking about the NBA for 21-22? Yep, we are here on VEASAN's betting across America. Football betting guides are coming soon, and there is no better way to prepare for the college and football seasons on the pro side as well. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Each guide, only 20 bucks. Discounts are available when you buy both. Now's the time. Reserve your copy or sign up for VEASAN All Access. Then you'll get everything we have to offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at visoncom slash subscribe. Feeson's betting across America takes you not only across America, but across the oceans where the U.S. men's basketball team loses to France today in its first game, 83-76. to Of course, some big names from the NBA went straight over from the playoffs into the Olympic rounds. And James, playoffs haven't been over all that long, and we're already taking a look at what might happen next year in the national basketball association of course the draft coming up this week free agency might take a backseat to what we are going to see in the trade market with bradley beal potentially requesting a trade that news coming today via bleacher report and of course damian lillard's situation to try to sort out as well uh, as you look at this board here see the nets listed atop the odds at plus 225 Lakers 450 Bucks at 8 to 1 Warriors and Jazz at 12 let's start there with the top group and say what do you think about the odds is there anyone that you think is potentially going to be a better group than a healthy Nets team that's the
2: that's the biggest if, right? If they're healthy and we have to factor this in. If you're going to tie up your money for the duration, we had was a 72 game series, season this past year. Now we're going to go back to 82 games and just a, another grind of a season, especially for those teams like the Milwaukee Bucks who just finished up last week mid July and now have to repeat. Again, I just I think for a team like Milwaukee, they and for Giannis, a tremendous finals showing, especially with the knee injury that he suffered in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals and coming back didn't know what he was going to look like and he was absolutely sensational and and good for him. He, I think that's as far as what we saw for Giannis and the Bucs in particular for Giannis, just how likeable of a player is that? Is that somebody that you can? I'm not a fan of teams but I am a fan of players and I'm a fan of coaches and that's definitely somebody that I can, I can get on board with as far as appreciating what he did and, and rooting for him here, but I I don't root for them to go back and win the title. I think they were very fortunate through all the injuries that were sustained in the Eastern Conference for the Bucs to make it to the finals the way that they did. Thinking about the Nets beyond the Nets, the Lakers another year older and another year, 82 games to go out and get hurt some more. AD never can stay healthy. And unfortunately for LeBron James, as, as great of an athlete and as well as he takes care of himself physically, I don't trust them to stay healthy for a full season, a full 82-game season, and then through the playoffs. So looking just at that top tier of teams that you mentioned, um, Nets have to stay healthy. Talent-wise, yeah, with the three-headed monster that's out there, whenever we actually get to see them on the court, toughest matchup to guard collectively for any opposing team defensively. But I don't like their chances to stay healthy either. I'd be looking further down the board. I'll skip all three of those teams that we just mentioned.
4: Well, let's go to the team that uh, caught my eye first as we look farther down the board, 20 to one on the Denver Nuggets a team that we saw this year make a decent run, even without its second best player in Jamal Murray. And, and we know what a difference maker Jamal Murray is, especially from the bubble last year. Uh, James, could I interest you if you were going to lock your money up for that amount of time in your hometown team?
2: I could see that. I think the the X factor for me is Michael Porter Jr. And is he going to – is he going to get better? Is he going to get better? He's not going to get better on the defensive end. Just no court awareness defensively. Just has no instincts for it. But offensively, he's going to have to work at his ball handling. He can shoot the basketball from the outside, but he, he relegates himself to staying out there on the perimeter because he doesn't have great ball handling skills. And I think there's times where his lack of defensive awareness too just drives Coach Malone crazy there. And can he push him through and make that change and make those improvements on both sides of the basketball? That's the biggest question for me. I think, yeah, we saw it last year in the playoff bubble, Jamal Murray, just nails, man. Guy just stepping up to take the big shot, make the big shot consistently. Uh, and then Nikola Jokic, sensational season, MVP season that we saw out of Jokic. Uh, he can continue that. He's just such a, he, he plays old man ball. And it's kind of fun to watch where he's not quick. He's not fast. He's not athletic. He's not going to play above the rim. but he's He'll, he'll load up the stat sheet and end up beating you at the end of the night. But I think from the Nuggets from 20 to one. What about the Jazz sitting at 12 to one? I think this is the team that's the roster set. The biggest piece for them was the injuries that were sustained in the playoffs. With prior to the playoffs, with at the guard position for both Conley and for Donovan Mitchell getting hurt prior to the playoffs and never fully healthy all playoff long. You saw that in the play. The, bouncing around Donovan Mitchell on one leg. Conley basically missed the entire series against the Clippers. So that might be a team with the roster, the way that it's constructed, the way that they space the floor and share the ball and shoot the basketball from the perimeter. That's how NBA basketball is built now to win consistently. And I think the Jazz sitting there at 12 to 1, that might be a better shot for me than where I am with the Nuggets right now because they just even with, a, with even when. We see the, the health of Murray whenever that might be returned. I'm not sure when that'll be the latter part of the season next year. They may be too far behind and have to be on the road too many playoff series at that point. So I think here I'd be looking for the Jazz, at least in the Western Conference.
4: Luka Doncic is your MVP favorite at plus 375. Embiid 650, 7-1 on Kevin Durant, 7.5 on Giannis, 9-1 to Steph Curry and LeBron James. How do you handicap the MVP race?
2: Wow, I mean, think about Curry in the second half of the season, in the the sensational season that he had to lead. Really, it's just a beat up, banged up roster for the Warriors. Now, is that team going to get much better? What are we going to see out of Klay Thompson? Another year removed, another injury to have to overcome coming back out on the court with the Splash Brothers there. Uh, but as far as Giannis, I mean, it, it's the sky's the limit for him now. I think we've seen his physicality, and he's in great shape, and I think he's going to be a hungry player, and he's a great leader for that team. But he's already been there. And done that and won that he's won his championship now and he's also be, been a, a previous MVP recipient yeah maybe it's somewhere sitting around what, what can we do with Damon Lillard Lillard where's he going to end up I don't think we can even get involved with that spot there but maybe it's Curry I think with the thing with Curry is we've seen it he has the ability to shoot and shoot lights out from half court when it's he, that's his range as soon as he crosses over the mid-stripe. Uh, maybe it's Curry sitting there at 9-1. to one. I think we'll see a much better season if that team can stay healthy in the Warriors. And I think there's some moves to be made, whether it's through the draft and or in the
4: offseason, to bolster that roster as well. Lots of scoring in one early baseball game. But thankfully for James and I, not the one that we have a wager on. we come back, talk a little Major League Baseball as well as some NFL props that you should take a look at before the season gets going in just a few weeks. Thanks for spending part of your Sunday with us here from Las Vegas and Denver on VEASAN's Betting Across America, the Sports Betting Network.
1: iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
5: Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble
4: on your favorite sports with a risk-free first wager up to $600 at BetMGM. Just sign up using bonus code VSIN600 and get in the game with the king of sportsbooks. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use promo code VSIN600 to make your first bet risk-free up to $600. New customer offer, paid and free bets. Visit BenMGM.com for terms and conditions, 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C. or West Virginia only excludes Michigan-dissociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. and Tennessee, call or text the red line, 889 9789 in Indiana, call one with it This promotional offer is not available in Nevada. This is VEASAN's Betting Across America. And whether you are listening to us via VEASAN or tuning in via VEASAN.com, FUBU, Sling, wherever you are, we appreciate you spending a little bit of your weekend with us. Adam Candy in Las Vegas, James Salinas in Denver, Colorado. Let's update you on Major League Baseball and the 1 p.m. Eastern starts beginning... At Fenway Park, James, where uh, you and I are both on various forms of the under. The game has started well for us. Top of the third inning, no score between Martin Perez and Domingo Herman, between the Yankees and the Red Sox. You have under 6.5 in the first five. I have under 10.5 for the game. Uh, Elsewhere, Baltimore with a 2-1 lead over Washington at Camden Yards. That's John Means and Paulo Espino for the uh, O's and the Nats. No score between Atlanta and Philadelphia. Tookie Toussaint and Aaron Nola in his second start off the disabled list for the Phillies. San Diego with an early lead, 1-0 over the Miami Marlins. Big games here for San Diego as they have some tough games on the schedule coming up, need to take care of business. Minus 220 favorites with Hugh Darvish going today in his second start off the disabled list from some hip issues. Uh, Tampa Bay and Cleveland, one all between the Rays and Cleveland in the bottom of the second inning. James has G-Man Choi over one and a half total bases. And uh, it's, it's a cruel thing when he gets on base but yet doesn't get a total base as uh, G-Man Choi walks in his first at-bat 17th home run of the year for Cesar Hernandez. That is a surprising number there. Uh, Top of the third inning, not looking as promising for my overbet between the Mets and the Blue Jays as Rich Hill has thrown a pair of shutout innings. Ross Stripling has given up a run on the other side. Mets, with a one to nothing lead. We will update you on what is happening with Major League Baseball with some games getting started at 2 o'clock on the East Coast here in just a few minutes. James, these are some fun segments where we get to talk not just NFL, but head-to-head matchups. Who do you like? Which player is going to be better? What's your handicap on these micro markets when it comes to the props? And let's start with a couple of running backs who are – Going to draw a lot of attention in the AFC North, Joe Mixon and Najee Harris, the first round pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers, both have an over under of 975 and a half yards. Who do you think is going to end up with more rushing yards between those two guys this year?
2: That's the challenge here, I think, for these two guys. Think about Cincinnati and Joe Mixon. Is Burrow actually going to be on the field week one? And if he is, then I think that's favorable for Joe Mixon. Now, Mixon coming off, uh, I think he had foot surgery, only played five or six games last season, so got to be staying healthy and get on the field, and that's the whole piece here, too. Anytime we're thinking about running backs, most times I'd be looking to say, I'm going to bet against running backs staying healthy for the entire season, and the game's just different. The game is favored when it comes to the rules in the NFL. It favors the passing game, and you can't jam receivers you can't hit anybody with your the targets about six inches wide across the chest is about the only place you can hit anybody anymore. And I think for the passing game, it's set up to continue to throw the football. And we saw that plenty out of Cincinnati last year. We saw that plenty out of the Pittsburgh Steelers, too. Not the same offensive identity that we've seen from the Steelers in years past. But now you have Najee Harris coming behind a rebuilt offensive line. A lot of talent, a lot of leadership gone from that Pittsburgh side uh, up front on the offensive side. But I think here looking at Mixon. If he comes back fully healthy and if Burrow is actually on the field come week one then I like Mixon's chances here to really be a focal point of the run game. He is, he, he is going to be the lead back as well as Najee Harris is going to be too. But I think from the Steelers standpoint, running behind this whole new brand, this, this makeshift offensive line and the fact that you didn't see and we couldn't see the second half of the season for Big Ben being able to get the ball down the field with any kind of any kind of accuracy, any kind of velocity. There was no threat of a vertical passing game from Pittsburgh, and that really allowed those safeties to creep up. That really hurt the running game. No running game to speak of last year for Pittsburgh. I love Najee Harris, but I don't like the line that he's running behind. I don't like the offense where it is right now currently for the Steelers, so if I'm going to be choosing between the two, if Burrow is back week one, then I like Joe Mixon's chance to go over and exceed that total
4: in the 17 game season I actually like both of these guys to go over and Najee Harris not so much because I like the Steelers but based on volume you don't draft a running back in the first round if you are not planning to make him your bell cow and the Pittsburgh Steelers are a team that is one of the few remaining dinosaurs in the NFL who really do that but that being said I'm with you on Joe Mixon last year plays six games and runs for more than 400 yards. They gave him 20 attempts per game even before he was out injured. Uh, So asking him in a 17-game season to get to 975 is not a lot. I think you could even say there's going to be more than that in store for Joe Mixon, and you just mentioned the health of Joe Burrow news today Ian Rappaport reporting that Joe Burrow will not begin on the physically unable to perform list, recovering from that catastrophic knee injury suffered against Washington last year. So if Joe Burrow is as healthy as these early reports would suggest, that is both great for him and great for Joe Mixon as well. Antonio Gibson and J.K. Dobbins as we battle within the beltway here between the Washington football team and the Baltimore Ravens. Gibson uh, is sitting 1025 Dobbins, 1050. Uh, What about these two guys as JK Dobbins certainly looked great from a yards per carry perspective last year. And Antonio Gibson gets the benefit of having a real quarterback throwing the football.
2: I think for Dobbins, the key is how many carries is he going to get. He is not just the only, he's not the only one running the football. We already know Lamar Jackson is going to lead this team when it comes to rushing attempts. He did it last year. He's done it for the for since he's been there. Uh, but you also have Gus Edwards in the backfield there with Baltimore, and he had more he had more rushes than J.K. Dobbins did last year. He did play one more game than he did. But ultimately, it's it's running back by committee, and I think that's the that's where it's going to be a a struggle for Dobbins, not. That he doesn't have the talent to do it but is he going to get the opportunities to do it as opposed to the other side And you mentioned here thinking about gibson now he's learning how to play running back in the nfl and i think we saw some really good flashes out of him last year but the hard part for washington last year with offensively was there was Everything was so condensed at the line of scrimmage. No vertical passing game because that's not Alex Smith's style. Smith is going to be looking for that quick out. He has checked down Charlie for sure, but he's gone. Now you've got the gambler. you got the gunslinger back there in Fitzmagic. And... For better or worse, you know what he's going to be. He's going to want to push the ball down the field, and they've got some talent to throw the football down the field too. So just thinking about the opportunities, I think that's where on the Washington side with Gibson still coming in and learning how to be a, how to be an NFL running back, but I think he's going to get the opportunities, and they're going to be a vertical passing threat for Washington. So those safeties, opposing safeties, those defenses are going to have to be mindful of that. I think there's going to be opportunities for Gibson to make some big plays in the running game as opposed to the others side for Dobbins because I just don't think he's going to get as many opportunities as what we'll see with Gibson.
4: There certainly are questions when it comes to this Baltimore offensive line after Orlando Brown has moved out uh, and they make the big trade in in the offseason. I think both of these guys based on opportunity are probably unders in terms of the number. I like J.K. Dobbins better because of the yards per carry. Uh, This guy went out as a running back last year and put up six yards per carry. Because defenses have to be so aware of Lamar Jackson in that read option offense, uh, J.K. Dobbins is the beneficiary. And keep in mind that J.K. Dobbins played 15 games last year but really didn't become the primary running back for this team until about the second two-thirds of the season. So I think J. K. Dobbins is going to get plenty of opportunities. I think Baltimore is going to need to continue to run the ball. I'm not a believer in Lamar Jackson being able to push the ball down the field, throwing with any consistency. Uh, one more here in, in this segment, James Christian McCaffrey against Saquon Barkley, 1175 on McCaffrey Barkley at 1150. We know that Saquon is going to begin the year, uh, at least training camp on pup list.
2: That's the hard part, right there. How healthy is he going to be? When is he going to see the field? And it doesn't mean that he can't come back into training camp at any point at any point through the month of August, which he can. But just the fact that he is not going to be available at the start of training camp tells you he's still working through the rehab process for his ACL knee surgery last season. And that's the concern here. Is the other concern here? And I have a concern for both. These, these are both players who missed the end of the season, who missed the bulk of the season due to injury, uh, and also. So what lines are they going to be running behind? I think both teams, the Giants and the Carolina Panthers, both teams at the off at the, at the point of attack, rushing the football, not behind those offensive lines. Those are both poor offensive lines. Those seem like pretty lofty numbers. I know we have the extra game, the 17th game here. But thinking about for both of these running backs, I just I'm just questioning the health of both these running backs when they're coming back from from injuries, and the and overall the talent level at the offensive line for both of these teams, and then question marks for both of their quarterbacks. So it's not like these are quarterbacks that defenses are preparing for. We got to make sure we're in more nickel coverages. They're going to be able to stack some of these boxes in there and force on the Giants side Jones to make plays. Same thing now with Sam Darn there in Carolina I think it's gonna be hard sledding for both of those running backs to achieve those numbers I'd be looking at the under for both guys
4: definitely taking the under on Saquon Barkley uh, Christian McCaffrey I'll lay off that one entirely because I just don't know the split of how often they're gonna run him versus how often they're gonna to throw to him and that's certainly the most effective way to use Christian McCaffrey for Sam Darnold and company second hour betting across America is on the way here from Vison the sports betting network